With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Roll Bama Roll podcast. I'm Wesley Gullett. As always, I'll be joined by Brad Canning. Brad, Alabama drops one to LSU at home, 46-41. They give up 559 total yards, turn the ball over twice, Joe Burrow goes 31 for 39, 393 yards, three touchdowns. The list of negatives and self-inflicted wounds is so long, I'm not even sure where to start. But overall, not great. I mean, it went kind of the way I thought it would go last week when we talked. And unfortunately, it's time to do the old 21-gun salute. But hey, look, if you're going to do anything, do it big. Alabama did it big. Almost came up with it at the end. But at the end of the day, still, though, there is a positive. you got a long list. I don't know if there is any type of restrictions with the NCAA for a student to have a statue while he's still active. Tua needs it. <laughs> look, there have been games during the Saban era, like 2015 Ole Miss, where I, I left – feeling like Alabama lost the game more than their opponent won it. Yeah. Uh, there, there have been games like 2010 South Carolina where I thought their opponent just showed up and they were better that day. Saturday, I thought was a combination. I felt like I was watching the Bad News Bears in the first half. And it started from the first possession. Tua has a path to score. He's untouched. The ball comes flying out of his hands. Piran muffs the punt on the, the second possession. <laughs> the the pick to a through before halftime, Landon Dickerson's penalty, the substitution infraction on the play they they picked Joe Burrow off, all of these things except maybe the the, the pick were unforced and they led directly to LSU points. Yeah, and that's typically the big trend outside of maybe one or two losses, you know, over the last decade, is that Alabama normally has far more turnovers than they usually do, and also the other team within that game. Outside of Clemson, this game reminds me so much of just like a, you know, Ohio State uh, playoff matchup type game, you know, where it was just, it was balls to the walls, you know, Bama had chances, they shot themselves in the foot, Ohio State played better, LSU played better, look, props to LSU, I'm sold on Joe Burrow, like, Oh, yeah. Tank for Burrow, you know, like seriously, it's uh, it's full blown now. I, I got mad respect for him. I guess it was going to happen at some point, but I mean, damn, the trolling and shit talking on the Internet, which is well deserved by them. It's still not to the level that I expected it to be, but maybe it's because I don't follow a bunch of LSU fans. Well, the reason I say it felt like a combination is that, like, sure, Alabama made all those mistakes on their own and, and gave LSU some gifts. But L- LSU took that game, too. They took full advantage, and played well. Burrow showed up. He basically won the Heisman in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, you know, it's like our uh, our pal Mark Ennis last year said, man, you guys sure find a way to lose in memorable fashion. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and I knew the whole time, dude, it's like watching, if I could pay to watch myself go through life, this is exactly what it was like. It sets up for disappointment. You know it's going to happen. You just don't know when. You get a little bit of hope, and then it disappoints again, and that's what happened in the final minute and a half of that game, too. But but look, even the defense, though they gave up 41 in the end, LSU's defense, Alabama scored on special teams early, but their offense didn't score until over halfway through the second quarter. There was under seven minutes left in the first half, and Tua and the offense had not put up a point. 
that that's enough to win if you have the offense that LSU has right now. No, I mean, I was a little bit surprised, you know, going into this game last week. I talked about how I thought I was pretty confident in the secondary based on the way they've been playing. Mm -hmm. I think we saw a real true bad game from Trayvon Diggs this past weekend, you know, and he has not had that yet. And part of that was due to injury. But I'm going to tell you what, this uh, this was a tough loss on film for these guys, because I don't know if across the board that defense has struggled. Look in the trenches and, and, you know, affecting the quarterback by with the pass rush, you know, getting pressures. It's almost non-existent. I think the D-line as a whole had three tackles in the entire game. Yeah, let, let me ask you this. You were a Pete Golding skeptic from the jump. Mm-hmm. I, I was willing to be a little more patient with him than you were because of the injury situation. I thought he was dealt kind of a tough hand having to start so many freshmen up front. But we've talked about it often. often. The defense, even considering the circumstances, has simply just – been underwhelming like that those chickens came home to roost on saturday are you are you completely out on golding at this point no i mean i'm not i I think some things are going to get fixed because i think saban's going to have more of a role uh behind the scenes again but i'm out in terms of him being the answer moving forward after this year uh i'm not giving up on him like firing tomorrow no Right, but we we talked about this from week three and four, you know, and it really got taken advantage of. We knew it was going to happen. We thought A and M may have done it. They did not as much, but LSU full blown did. These things trended in this direction. There was common tendencies this defense struggled with, and things that they did consistently wrong. But it it didn't matter because the offense is putting up fifty five points a game. They're winning by thirty points. You know, it didn't matter. Now it matters, and now it's even overblown more than it was before. But it's warranted in my opinion. You know, Golding. There's a behind-the-scenes reputation and knock within recruiting and stuff with him, not cheating or anything like that. But it, I just don't – I don't know, man. I don't think he's a great solo DC. I think he can do some things well. I just think he's a little bit in over his head versus what he has to go up against with that pressure and that mountain on his shoulders. And, God, why can't Tennessee keep losing because I want <laughs> JP to come home? I know. But look, even after all of the mistakes that we listed Saturday and the the list of things that did not go Alabama's way, when the fourth quarter rolled around, if the defense gets one stop, I know they probably win that game. And they yep. couldn't do it. Yep. At the end of the day, that's why I'm not sold on him long term. Yeah. Past and, this year. And I'm look, I'm starting to have a second beef with Pete Golding. He, <laughs> he he was brought in and built up as a potential young superstar on the recruiting trail, and you just brought up rec- recruiting. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't been the case. I can overlook one if you're elite at the other. Like if he was yeah. the if he was the lead recruiter on guys, I thought would come in and have an instant impact on d- the defense. Sure, that could buy some of my patience. If he was iffy on the recruiting trail but we were seeing steady improvement on the field through the year, I'm good. But for there to be a question mark at this point on both? Nine games in. Yeah, my <laughs> my patience is running out. 24-7 has a point system and ranks assistant coaches based on their recruiting success. They get points for being a lead recruiter or, or your secondary recruiter. Pete Golding is currently ranked 104th in the nation among assistant coaches and 38th in the conference. There, there's still a lot of time left before February, the signing period then. And, and he finished high last cycle. I'll give him that. So maybe this changes. But as of right now, to me, that's not good enough. On the field I mean, or off. 
Pete Golding's 24-7 rankings are about the only thing that's lower than Alabama's opponents being ranked in penalties <laughs> per game. So, um, you know, I think Pete Golding's going to get the Brent Key treatment here because um, it's very similar stories uh, in terms of what's going on. And uh, I'm, again, I'm not here to, to stir up old dirt. If you know, you know. But uh, well, just don't be surprised if, you know, Pete is going to be very excited to uh, – take a great opportunity for him and his family here next, uh, next January. So, yeah. And, and look, I wasn't saying that Alabama has guys committed on defense that are yeah. going, going to make an instant impact next year. They're, ju- they're just not guys that Pete Golding is the lead recruiter for. No. And it's, again, that was Brent Key's biggest knock his final year. He didn't want to recruit. He got complacent. The entire staff, even though there was enough problems as it was, he was by, he was gas on top of that fire. P. Golding, I, I don't know if he's depressed. I don't know what's going on. I am too. Uh, but he, he doesn't – it doesn't seem like he can put his full attention onto anything right now. He's so scatterbrained. I, I don't know. It's, it's easy for me to say this. I'm nobody. Yeah. So I do understand that. But at the end of the day, if I'm talking like this and we're talking like this, this has been going on long before in Saban's head or even been said to Pete. So. Yeah, we talked about it like, hey, during the Tennessee game that maybe that score was deceiving. You know, there was that will route or whatever that, that Tennessee mm-hmm. should have scored on. There's plays all through the year that yep. a quarterback that we said, like Joe Burrow, would mm-hmm. take it, that they had the ability to take advantage of that. The defense has just kind of got lucky because you had Jarrett Garantano back there who can overthrow anyone. It's not – surprising surprising i i did expect a shootout you know i did say 63 was too low but it's still to see that come to fruition it sucks and if that's the way we have to play it's funny because all the shit we talked about big 12 football five eight (laughs) years ago you know we do that now unless miles is on that other side of the table now but you know it is what it is but here's the thing who are you gonna get well i don't know how much money it takes for uh the refs to call against a certain team but screw us getting all the calls or the other team getting none of the calls. I want all the money to go to Tennessee and get all the calls to make them lose because, again, bring Jeremy Pruitt home. Yeah. But Fat Phil, look, Fat Phil, he is not. Even if he'd lost every game the rest of the season, doesn't matter. He already knows we want him back. Well, regardless, I think Jeremy Pruitt has has saved his job in Tennessee. He he turned the corner quick. I mean, look, they're playing a lot better. They have. I'll give them that. It it just – Man, come on! Like I'm. Yeah. I, uh, I, 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 to, I want them to lose every game they ever play, and especially this year because same. I wanted Jeremy Pruitt back. Yeah, dude, he's my little red rider, you know. But <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll put my eye out. So, well, <laughs> look, Alabama did drop to fifth in the latest playoff rankings, behind number Terrible. four Georgia. <laughs> there, there are more factors to this, but it seems likely that if Alabama wins out, the four spot will be between them and probably the Pac-12 champion. Uh, so Alabama at this point needs a signature win. They need one bad. So one of the best things that could happen to them in their playoff chances is Auburn beating Georgia this weekend. It not only knocks Georgia out of playoff contention, it also presents Alabama with an opportunity to get a top-10 road win in the Iron Bowl about a week before the committee decides on Team 4. The universe has presented us <laughs> – with this con- with this conundrum, are you actively rooting for Auburn on Saturday? Look, I don't give a shit what the universe has presented. All I know is if Georgia loses this weekend, Alabama's going to lose. You can portray it all you want. <laughs> That's how this thing goes. So, so you, you believe in the non-win Auburn jinx? 
uh, how many times of this black magic are we going to have to, you know, see <laughs> to believe it exists? So come on now, like Bo Nix. Oh, uh, look, we've been saying he's going to turn into <laughs> Joe Montana during the Iron Bowl all year. Uh, look, a lot of people think a legend takes, you know, a whole generation to be created. Hell no. It starts this weekend. It'll be finished the end of this month. So, <laughs> look, this may be sin, but I want Auburn to win Saturday. I, I'm I'm more invested in the success of Alabama than I am the failures of Auburn. Though I, I do love both. Don't get me wrong, but I want a rematch with LSU. I want to two thousand. Yeah, I, I want to two thousand eleven them again. And if Auburn, absolutely, yeah, if Auburn needs to win a regular season game in order for that to happen, so, so be it. Yeah, I, but you're you're pulling for double-edged sword here. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, you you got a shit ton of chickens that are gonna try to come home and roost in two two and a half three weeks. So I'm just saying, like, watch out. Well, okay. uh, I hope to God this is just like what what was it 2011 to where it's the one time this decade we can still win in Auburn without some bullshit, you know, because it's it's tough. And, you know, we did in 15. Yes, I get that. But I, I don't know. I, I, I'm fearful because I, I want Georgia to lose. Yes, you're right. But at the end of the day, I still think they could shit the bed against A&M even if they won this weekend. They got a tough finish to their schedule. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Georgia right now, the way they they play, they struggle with that Alabama-type syndrome <laughs> this year so far. You know, they're so up and down, they can't get out of their own way. Hey, now, man, regardless of who scared, wins man. this week, no, I'm not scared. <laughs> I'm, scared. I'm trying to be – freaking like i am my life i'm pessimistic betty here and that way when it doesn't happen i'm happy and when it happens i told you so but no look whoever wins this weekend i don't think it's over for alabama yeah i really don't we've seen chaos we're still due for chaos but we've seen chaos years prior we haven't had it yet yeah. it's coming i'm telling you well, of course none of this matters if alabama doesn't win out they have the dreaded 11 a.m kickoff this saturday at mississippi state <sighs> there are a lot of questions surrounding the status of Tua. It's very possible at this point that Mac Jones is leading the way in Starkville. And hear me out. Assuming Alabama goes into Starkville, takes care of business, they don't look you know, putrid doing so, this is something that could play into Alabama's hands with the committee. They, they've said in the past that they do factor in injuries during their meetings. If Tua can't go on Saturday, do you think they look at that is maybe even further evidence of how far away from 100% he was this past week. I don't even think you have to look at what happens this weekend. Yeah. Look at what so you he think did against LSU. Right, I got you. You know, I don't care. That's why it can never be, and it should never be portrayed as an excuse of Tua not being 100%, because he still did what he did over 400 yards passing. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is just ridiculous what he yeah. did. So, yes, Alabama would have won probably if he was 100%. But what he did at 60% to the number one team in the country, I'll take that all day because hopefully, and don't play him this weekend. It's Mac Jones season again. Let's ring the cowbells. But <laughs> seriously, like, no. Rest his ass. He's good. And I don't know why all of a sudden losing the beginning of November rules you out unless you're a non-SEC team because Alabama lost that game at the end of the regular season that didn't matter a couple of years ago. Still won the national championship. And I, LSU no, lost the final week in 2007. Guess what happened? So did Michigan. Mm -hmm. It created chaos. They won the national championship. So losing against LSU does not end Alabama season. Losing to Auburn oh, they're done. after losing to LSU yeah. does. Yeah. I think, I think playing Mack and looking good doing so 
would be a major positive from several angles, but they, they need to put on a show Saturday. State has been blown out three times this season. They lost to Tennessee by double digits. Let me repeat that. They lost to Tennessee by double digits. Alabama cannot be hung over going into Starkville and struggle. The, the committee has already shown that they'll, they will punish teams for winning ugly. They did it with Clemson during the first ranking. They've shown it with Baylor. They've shown it with Minnesota. Alabama put themselves in a position where they cannot afford to win in an unconvincing fashion. No. And, you know, the thing that really gives me hope moving forward is if we do run the table in the next final couple of games. Because I thought a few weeks ago the jokes and the chapped asses and everything of Nick Saban taking advantage of the players' likenesses stuff down the road was was great. Now, what's going to be the best content ever is winning out, LSU going to the SEC championship game, Alabama still getting in the playoff, and winning a national championship by beating LSU. I mean, seriously, look at how many years when that happened in the BCS era. Look how many years of content that gave us. And now do it with a 14 playoff everybody wanted. Oh, six and 18 uh, playoff people are going to lose their mind, and it's going to be incredible. I'm not saying that LSU can't beat Alabama twice. They're good enough to beat anybody on any day. But, I think so, yeah. But they, like, they have been so emotional after this win. They've, they're acting like they've, like they've won the Super Bowl. I'm, yeah, I'm almost, I almost think they could lay an egg this weekend. I mean, I don't think they'll lose to Ole Miss, no. but they could come out and you know be unmotivated, and they could find themselves in a game in the second half. You're a hundred percent right because I was going to say I don't care what the line is against Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. You definitely want to consider taking Ole Miss in this one. Historically, now I can't say because it's been so long uh, since they last won and who they played after. But I know historically, at least the last uh, seven or eight years, LSU typically struggles the following week. They have suffered from as, Al- as does Alabama. Exactly, and Mississippi mm-hmm. State always is the one that occasionally, yeah. with clown shoes ass over here, used to, you know to take advantage of it. Yeah, I don't know if Moorhead and them can do it, but we have Mac Jones starting, so he's our vice quarterback. I think he's going to lead us with no problems. I bet LSU struggles more than Alabama. Let me put it that way. Yeah, I just know that it would be. It really hard to come off of that emotional high and then have to repeat it in a, a couple of months and do it all over again playing Alabama. And, yeah, see, that's the thing. They cashed in their emotional high because yeah. I damn sure didn't see it in the first quarter from another team in that stadium. Yeah, it's going to be a lot easier to motivate. I mean, it, neither one of them should need motivation in the playoffs. But exactly. But it'll be a lot easier for Nick Saban to motivate his guys and I think Orgeron – to motivate his in a rematch. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. Hopefully, the Pac-12 guys maybe catch an unexpected loss this weekend, too, or, or in the coming weeks. But, uh, you know, hey, Alabama's still in it this late in the season. They're still in the playoff conversation, and you can't really ask for much more than that. And like, like I said, losing this early does not hurt Alabama. And especially when this year – for once, I'm actually believing the media is on our side for the moment. So <laughs> some of them, and it's great. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. But <laughs> it's great to also see that other side you're, you're uh, hinting at because yeah. my God, the game wasn't even over and they were already talking about how Alabama could still make the playoffs. Yeah, there there were I'm some people that were what. mad at the rankings before the rankings came out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I mean, what do you do? I mean, you, yeah. you just you aren't going to please everybody, I guess. 
Well, if they were willing to be that mad before something actually happened, hopefully they're going to be really pissed off come uh, first weekend of December. So yeah, I, I mean that that would almost be part of the joy for me. Uh, look, I think this defense, unless it gets a lot better, they're going to have trouble stopping Justin Fields. They're going to have they're going to have trouble Dude, stopping. Nobody's yeah. You know, there's not a defense Trevor in this Lawrence. country that's stopping Justin Fields right now. Right, exactly. So yeah, they're are they they're going to be hard pressed to win a national championship. They are, and and that's the conundrum here. Would you rather not make the playoffs for the first time ever, and have still, and if it's the Sugar Bowl, shoot me in the head. I don't want it. But no. yeah, I'm good. Uh, would you rather not make the playoffs or win out? rematch with LSU or still make the playoffs with LSU period, you know, assuming they went out too, and then get your shit kicked in by Ohio State. You you have to take take the chance. If you give present me with a chance to win the national championship, I'm going to take it because ultimately those teams have to stop Tua too. They have to stop no, Jerry Judy and Devontae Smith. I mean, and that's not an easy task. These guys, though they're going to give up a lot of points when they play these teams, they're going to score a lot of points too, and they're going to give themselves a chance to win, just like we saw Saturday. Even in a even in the, the most terrible way that you can possibly play, seemingly for a half, they still gave themselves a chance to win at the end, mostly because of their offense. No, I agree, and uh, that's why I will never count us out. Mm-hmm. It's just I think I think Ohio State. And I never thought I'd say these words. They're almost underrated compared to the traffic Clemson, LSU, Alabama are getting. Yeah, they're because really their defense good. is playing really, really well. Yeah. They're really like they're a complete team. And look, I'm no Ohio State fan, I assure you, but they're they're good. That's all there is yeah, to it. To me, that's the best team in the country right now, mm-hmm. week in and week out. I mean, and we'll see what they they're made of against Penn State. But to me, Penn State. I mean, Minnesota showed them up. Anytime you lose to a team that's claimed more national championships than there has been decades of the existence of the United States, uh, I can't help you. So, (laughs) All right. This has been the Roll Bimmer Roll podcast. Roll Todd.